Hello, my friend. I am Sam Goldsmith, and this is Namaslay Type A, the podcast for women who slay at some things and suck at others, like choosing the path of least resistance and peace over perfection, which ties in beautifully to the information that we're going to hear from my special guest today. I would like to introduce to you Nicola Fanuki. Nicola trains organizations and individuals on the art of personal development with a focus on finding greater alignment and fulfillment in our work, in our businesses and in our careers. Nicola is a lawyer who has spent much of her career working with corporates and people all over the world. Her passion for human behavior, storytelling, anthropology and beauty combined with her work experiences has led her to develop a practical approach to self-development that's aimed at those of us wanting to empower ourselves. Nicola has um, agreed to be part of the podcast today to share some information really aligned to something that the podcast is focused on, getting into alignment, choosing that piece over perfection, and really um, how to get more fulfillment, joy, all of those good things without actually having to do more. So I'm delighted to introduce Nicola. Hi, Nicola. Awesome. Nice to chat. So, um, so glad to have you here, Nicola. Could we just start out briefly by asking you to share your story and how you arrived at this beautiful message that you're sharing today? Sure. So I think like what you introed with and what much of your audience is perhaps listening for, I have really been a tick box perfectionist for much of my life. And this led me into a very corporate type career. So as you mentioned, I am a lawyer by profession and really I did everything right. I was very successful at my job. I always did well in my studies and I was very much perfectionist in everything that I did in my life, even in my personal, in my own personal development and growth. So for instance, something like doing yoga, I would become, you know, the best yogi I could <laughs> at that point in time. So this was really the dominant theme in my life. And after many years of really going along and progressing my career and ticking all these boxes, I really felt that there was something that was missing. And I felt that there was something more and something more that I really wanted. And at that time in my life, work was the, really the one area of my life I was battling to make perfect. So although everything else in my life seemed perfect and seamless, when it came to work, although I had, you know, on paper these great roles, and of course there were things that I really enjoyed about them, you know, deep down I felt that there was just there was something else that I wished I could do that would bring me more happiness. And I sort of attached to this idea of finding work with more purpose. And this became now the thing that I started to chase. And really that led me to become quite good at job hopping. So I went from, you know, being a lawyer in a law firm to then into a bank, then into a corporate. Then when I realized none of that worked, I then actually moved from a legal role into a non-legal role, thinking that must be the answer. You know, obviously being the lawyer was the problem. And again, it fell short. After a period of time, I'd always get back to the same place within myself of, of I would really best describe it as frustration. So I then decided after um, many years, over a decade in corporate, continuing like this, that, you know, the answer to my problems would really be leaving the corporate world behind for good and starting my own business. And, you know, I really believe that that would be the thing that would fulfill me and definitely something more on, a, on the creative side, because I've always been a very creative person and had various creative pursuits and um, hobbies that I've 
I've done. So um, I did this. Eventually I did. I took the plunge. I resigned and I, I left the corporate world at that point with the idea of starting a business in some aspect of interior design. It was what I was interested in at the time. And I thought that would give me so much time to to really do more creative work and to write. I've always enjoyed writing and I wanted to write a book. But the interesting thing that happened to me, and this is really where I suppose I had this aha moment, is that I was on the sabbatical. Quite quickly, I figured out that I didn't want to start a whole business in a whole new career field that I knew nothing about. I had simply you know, been trying to take my ladder off one wall and put it against another wall. And I, I scrapped that plan fairly quickly. And then I sat back and everything, it was like the universe showed up and said, okay, Nicola, you've been complaining about this for years. So here you've got it. You've got, now you've got the time, you've got good health. I had obviously taken some time to really just restore after being in a very stressful career path and my body and my mind and my spirit, everything was just feeling a lot more peaceful and restored. And I was sitting sitting here in this beautiful city I live in Cape Town and literally having every opportunity at my disposal but there was still something that nothing was flowing there was still something that was holding me back so it was as though it was this aha moment where I realized that okay all my external conditions are are there in order for me to do these things that I thought I wanted to do but it still wasn't flowing and that was really where I clicked that this thing I was seeking all these years, it's not an external thing, but the thing I'm seeking is inside of me. And that's really where everything shifted for me. And I was able to really do a lot of very deep personal work and connect with the fulfillment and the joy that's inside of each of us, as opposed to looking for that in external relationships, which include our relationship to work. Mm, so great. And I love that you mentioned the restoration of your spirit and that time that it took from leaving that corporate job to settle into a space of finding this path for yourself. Because I feel that a lot of women get out of a job and feel really gung ho that they must be successful in their business, that they really need to nail it and get it out quickly. But when you've been in in a period of such a long time of being out of alignment with yourself, you do need that time to restore your spirit and nurture your nervous system and bring yourself back into a position where you can actually start to get really present to the truth of what you're, what you're here to do. Um, so I can't tell you how excited I am to talk about this with you and with um, somebody else whose message is aligned to being uniquely yourself. So I know this is something that a lot of people, most people in our society are not taught to do as children and it's not nurtured through adolescence and um, into adulthood. So I would love to hear your thoughts on how you, how you think women can start to look at their journey of recognizing their own uniqueness. And if they're already on that journey, how can they deepen into that even more? So I think that's a really that's a really deep question. And I think exactly as you touch on, we aren't taught to nurture or find, you know, that authentic part of ourselves during, you know, in our journey at all. And I think that that wounding runs so deep for all of us. And 
I think for many people, it can be hard to even start on that journey when we don't realize or recognize what we're looking for. I think so many of us, we, we lead these frantic lives and only really at the point where things start to get tough and we feel that things aren't flowing, that's really a, a signpost for us to recognize that there's some work to be done. And, and that really is for me and for a lot of people that I've worked with, really often the starting point on a personal journey is, is often when things aren't flowing. So I really use that as a litmus test in my own life for knowing whether I'm in my truth or not. So if I do try something and something doesn't flow and it just doesn't work, it doesn't feel right, then it's actually a, a wonderful way to work with yourself to recognize that okay, what am I not being brutally honest with here? What, what is there, what, how can I get deeper into my truth in order to really come into alignment with myself? But I do think that as women in particular, and especially those of us who are more perfection, you know, perfectionist-driven and A-type, is that we need to be careful that we don't create an authentic self or try to identify ourselves in a way that actually isn't truly authentic. And I certainly had done, have done this in my own life where you, you think, okay, well, what, the situation I'm not in now, I'm not happy in. So let me rather be, you know, the, the, the yogi because that, that as an external identity seems a lot more peaceful than the identity that I am now. So we need to be careful and it, it can be very subtle that we don't simply take on new identities that we think may be more authentic but really to just to accept yourself as you are today and then be very brutally honest with yourself about what resonates with you and what doesn't and mm. in that way you'll start to draw yourself you know into your authentic voice but really i i, I do feel that we, we need to be cautious about not creating you know, these additional identities, even if they're good, um, around ourselves in order to, to find that authenticity that we're seeking. Yeah, so important. I, I just love that message because I feel, I feel that through my own journey as well, that it's really about making ourselves the, the rule decider in our own lives. And even when we're subscribing to a yogic lifestyle or we're doing these other things that you mentioned, there's always another kind of governing body or governing um, identity that we have to live up to with its rules and regulations rather than tuning into our heart and saying, actually, does this feel good to me or not? And choosing the parts of that that do feel good and taking that on and letting the parts that don't feel good go so exactly exactly more. yeah um nicola namaste type a um this community is centered around aligning without inner guidance and choosing the path of least resistance which is incredibly difficult sometimes for <laughs> um <laughs> driven women. and i love that your work has this focus on integrating the real you into everything that you do and I also love that you mentioned throughout your work that the changes that we can undertake don't need to be radical, massive, you know, life upheaval kind of unsustainable changes, but can just be small changes that can be implemented over time to pull us into a deeper alignment with ourselves. Can you just share a little bit about how women might start to make those changes or start to integrate more of their authentic selves into different elements of their lives? Sure. So uh, this for me is really the core of, of bringing ourselves into alignment is that 
this thinking that we need to ditch our, our corporate careers or our, our career paths that we've chosen. And we tend to make these external things the enemy. And we focus and we look for our happiness in these external situations. But this is because, and I'm just giving this context before I, I really share um, some, some advice in this regard, because we, we're living in a very linear in a very linear world and in a linear construct. So we, everything we do is with the expectation of a result. And um, even, you know, our happiness, for example, we even, even our personal development, we often feel like if you're not progressing along a certain path of spirituality or, or personal growth, that, that we're not being successful. And this is really the thinking that traps us into this perfectionistic way. So we need to start recognizing that there's also another construct, which is which what I call is like the non-linear creative world that surrounds us at all time. So although in a linear world, you may have a job that's pretty tick box and what you need to do in order to pay the bills at the end of the month, there's no reason why you can't also tap into yourself, experience yourself in a non-linear world. And really in that context, share your unique gifts, but in the sense that there's no expectation. So you're really just sharing what's in your heart with the world and you're not doing it because you're wanting more likes on, on social media or you're wanting you know, a million people to, to perhaps pay you for this knowledge that you have. It's really done from the, the generosity of your heart. So the way that once, once you're really committed to this path of connecting with your authentic voice, the way that our practice in my own life and, and teach people to practice is really about in each moment is taking, taking a small pause moment. So when you're faced with a decision, and it can be a really, really simple decision about whether or not you feel called to go on a particular holiday or whether or not you want to um, adopt a dog. It's about centering yourself in that, in that moment and really connecting with your heart. And I like to use a gesture of self-connection. Now, this can be anything. This can be anything that you know resonates with you. But for me, I like to put the palm of my hand on my heart space. But you could perhaps clasp your hands together, touch your head, touch your stomach. You know, whatever really resonates with you in terms of self-connection. Because we've also been taught that sometimes these practices are, are not accessible to us and you need to meditate for 10,000 hours before you can really get anywhere. But mm -hmm. actually things like connection and authenticity is so natural to us because it is who we are. So we can instantly break down those barriers. So I always say in that moment, really take that split. It takes a split second to self connect, drop into how you feel about the situation and then simply make a decision that aligns more closely with that with that feeling. And uh, in that way, you start to, you know, kind of create this whole tapestry around you where your decisions are all more, more closely aligned, even if they're not perfect, they're more closely aligned with who you are and what your preferences are in that moment. And in time, your whole life starts to reflect your inner essence. Yes. And could we just um, go back to the point that you made about people feeling that they need to meditate for 10,000 hours. And, you know, I see this applied even in the previous thing that we discussed about applying the yogic principles and being the absolute best and doing everything perfectly. Can you just share a little bit of, um, a little bit of your thoughts around how women can start to embrace that 
letting go of perfectionism even in relation to meditation and spiritual practices that there's no there's no end point and there's no getting it right so there's no need to be perfect and apply that stringent perfectionism to personal spiritual practice yeah i think again it goes to the way we've been conditioned in the society in terms of seeking seeking results for everything we do and it really it's it's an it's, it's almost a bit of a, a catch-22 situation because as your self-esteem builds as you get to know yourself and you really can start to connect with yourself your self-esteem starts to build and it becomes a little easier to let go of seeking results and seeking validation for everything that we do but in order to get to that place you have to be prepared to really have the courage to let go and to let go of that expectation almost just taking the faith and the blind faith maybe at first that by doing doing the work that you're doing even if you're not getting anything back even at first if you you're not finding it any easier and you you may be not progressing you know um in i'm doing like those air quotes um because it's it's really just taking that first step it's about taking action and once you've got that intention to say i'm i'm tired of this now i want to let go of this perfectionism and this control that's essentially driving my life so it's around giving up expectation and letting go of results. But once you start to do that, I think the good news is, is once you start to do that, it becomes easier and easier to do. And, and in that way, you build your self-esteem as your authenticity grows. Mm. And just um, bringing it back to finding your authentic voice, a lot of women that are part of this community struggle with perfectionism, as we've spoken about a lot during this um, session. A lot of that comes from their fears about showing up and letting their authentic voices be heard or letting their true selves be seen. In your experience, what is the best way that, um, well, we ourselves, we would be struggling with this also, but women and people who are listening, what's, what's the best way to deal with those anxieties that arise around letting ourselves be seen and letting our truth be heard? So I know that um, women in my community often share fears of being ridiculed and that can stem from you know sharing themselves openly in childhood and somebody putting them down or fear of making a mistake fear of looking foolish there's quite a few similar themes that are running through there um, so in your work with women what are the most common things that you see coming up and the best ways that you found to help address that and get into action so Again, I think it stems with this, this, this need within us to, to kind of create something external from ourselves. And we, we put in front of us a goal. And for instance, even in sharing our authentic voice, the reason the fear arises is because of, of course, there, there can be um, real world experiences that have taught us it's not safe to share our voice. And in that way, and of course, people have had those experiences where they have been ridiculed or, um, or quite honestly, even abused in cases where they have tried to share who it is that they really are. But there's recognizing that within, and I suppose here it, it, it does tie into your sort of overall belief system, but having faith that you being you and you sharing your uniqueness with the world is truly a gift. And it's truly the most remarkable 
thing that you can do. And often people who are perfectionists, who are very driven and have a lot of anxieties are people who are very sensitive. We are most likely wanting to make a difference in the world. We, we really want to reach out and we want to connect. And this fear then in, in fact holds us back. And by recognizing that although the fear might be holding you back, the, the voice that's within you is actually a gift. And that gift flows through you from the universe. And it's recognizing that it's not even actually your gift per se. It's something that you are there to almost be a channel for and to allow to flow freely into the universe. And therefore your job is not to worry about how well it does and how it may be received by other people, but merely to allow it to flow through you as an instrument and let go of it. So, and I know that's, that's easier said than done, but by really taking, setting the intention that you are here to share your, your gift with the world, regardless of any expectation, and really doing it from the love of your heart, it allows you to, to let go of some of that fear. And again, I love to use the example of this parallel universe, where in any given time, we've got two experiences available to us. We can choose to act in a very linear construct, in this very transactional world that we all we, we see in our external world around us, or we can choose to share in the, the non-linear creative world where because results and expectations don't exist, we can let go of that fear. And, you know, I, I often say this to people that this, this voice that's within you, this gift that is within you, nobody has to know even that you are sharing it with the world. It's not something we don't have to be perfect and, and declare to the world, I am now here to do X. And that's why I often don't like this word purpose. Um, people tend to look for their purpose and believe that their purpose is this fixed thing and almost expect to see their purpose. You know, like Sam, you are to be a... Um, uh, master master painter that people you know you change people's lives people expect to see this work you know kind of what their purpose is written in gold letters across the sky but actually that's that's something we then attach to and then we have the fear that well what if we don't match up to that um, external purpose so really it's about going again back into your heart back into feeling who it is that you are and then simply sharing that and knowing that just by sharing that and making these little, little choices throughout your day and throughout your life is you sharing your gift with the world. So I don't know if any of that makes sense. but um. I love all of that. And I, I resonate so strongly with it. And I often tell my own clients when they, they get quite distressed about finding your purpose and it's become a multi-million, if not billion dollar industry to help people find their purpose and perpetuate, you know, that yeah. something's missing in order for something needing mm -hmm. to be found. And um, a spiritual teacher of mine from many, many years ago in a little, it seems like jest, but you know, many truths, are, deep truths are talking <laughs> jest. Um, he would say, the purpose of your life is just to live. And at the time that frustrated me, <laughs> no end. Yeah. Because you yeah. want to know, you know, what am I here to do? What is this feeling in my heart that I have to share? But 
the purpose of our life really is to live. Um, and, you know, through that, all of these other manifestations can twist and change and we can change our minds and we can grow and deliver all kinds of different things. But that alignment to being connected to your uniqueness is, is just so important. And I love your whole message. I'm a massive fan. Yeah, thanks, Sam. And, you know, one thing just to share, just to share on that is, I had a, I had a few years ago, I was really, when I was still stuck in this kind of way of thinking, I was so desperate to find my purpose. You know, I, I had tried everything and I was, I was literally, I was literally desperate. And I was saying to the universe, please just show me what it is. Again, believing it was this external thing. And I'm very lucky that I live on the slopes of Table Mountain and I've got these beautiful trees um, just around my property and, and a big hawk like a, a, a it's called a, a jackal buzzard came in and landed on a branch and in that moment it was like this message I was gifted with was that hawk doesn't sit on the tree and and wonder what its purpose is its purpose is to be a hawk and it's the same with us you know our purpose is to be human and this led me on a very long path of really understanding what it is to be human and studying, you know, from an anthropological perspective, you know, really trying to understand these ancient cultures. And really, if you, if you look at tribal, if we look at our, our far ancestors that lived in a tribal setting, they, of course, didn't have um, real world jobs like we have, but every single person in that community, in that tribe, had their had their contribution that they would make to that tribe. And that contribution wasn't because they were going to get paid for it or they were going to become the most popular. They did that. Of course, there's an element of survival, but there was also an element of helping the tribe to thrive. So many of us in, in society, although we live in, these, in this very fragmented way, we are still part of one big human tribe. And every single person on the planet has some unique contribution to make for the benefit of the whole tribe. And again, this thing of no expectation comes into it. It's just what we do for each other because as human animals, we are communal animals. So it's um, really, really fascinating, you know, when we look to these ancient cultures and, and we see how they lived and really recognize how far we've come from that as a society and trying to go back into that way of, of thinking about ourselves as part of a bigger community. Mm, fascinating. Well, in the interest of time, I'm, we're going to have to leave it there today, but I thank you so much, Nicola, for sharing this message with us today. And I just want to give you a quick opportunity to share your website details and your social media handles so people can have a look a little bit deeper into your work, which I'm sure they'll want to after hearing this fabulous conversation. Yeah, sure. It's, um, my website is lifeworkandyou.com. And on there, I do share blog posts from time to time, but I also do share, you know, kind of videos and, and more detailed stuff with, with my email community. So it's probably best if people subscribe. And then my Instagram handle, I occasionally, I'm not on Instagram all that often, I'm trying to stay away, but my Instagram handle is lifeworkandyou. And the same goes for my Facebook page where I share other, uh, other updates. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Pleasure. Thank you, Sam.
So guys, as always, I will be receiving my special guest secret source information after the tapes have stopped rolling and that info will come out for your ears only exclusively for my tribe on my mailing list. So if you are not already part of that list, please jump on my website, which is www.samanthagoldsmith.com. And right now you can actually download a free copy of a new ebook that I have just uh, popped up there. Thank you, my friend, for tuning in and I am granting you full permission as usual to go out and be your unique, fabulous self and absolutely namaste the shit out of anything that you have in your heart right now. Talk soon.